This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Shrink Chicks. Take a seat on our virtual therapy couch and get ready to learn all about, well, you. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're both licensed marriage and family therapists and relationship experts. We're the owners and founders of The Therapy Group, a nationwide psychotherapy practice with down-to-earth therapists just like us. Your session is starting, so get ready to know yourself and grow yourself. Hey, Jen. Hey, Em. How are you? So tired. How are you? <laughs> we're just like getting on. Jen's PMSing. I'm exhausted because it's uh, we're recording on President's Day. My daughter didn't have school. I've had her out literally all day. And the funniest part is that a week ago we were in Jamaica and it was lovely. <laughs> and now it's like, don't you feel like we came back from Jamaica and it was like 24-7 work. <laughs> was it? Yes. And and that's, you know, I think that's what happens when you go on vacation. I think that's that- true work really piles up on you. We Uh escaped for a little and now we're back at it. Do we want to talk about just quickly like the Jamaica experience (laughs) that we had? (laughs) I just think it's a really good story and I think maybe we should share it if you're feeling up to it. (laughs) So we decided we're like, oh, our business is going to turn 10 this year, a decade. How exciting. We're going to go to Jamaica. We've never used a credit card point ever. So we book our flights on a credit card points. We get a, a wonderful adults only all inclusive. I mean, we were we've been counting down for probably 60 days every day for the past two months. I have I had texted Jen and was like 30 days, 29 days. We're like every fucking morning. OK, so the week before we left, I was like feeling kind of sick. Um, Millie had been sick. And I, but then like by the by the time it came, I felt fine yeah. until about three and a half days into the trip. <laughs> Let me tell you, though, those three and a half days were amazing. They were. <laughs> and then I woke up and I was like, man, I don't feel good. And we, but we had been like drinking and smoking and stuff. Yeah. And like um, we smoked a cigarette, which like both of us, we, we were both like it's from the cigarette. Right. Yeah. We it were was, like, that's I, I, what's why happening. Did we do, why did we even make we didn't that know. decision? We didn't know it was a cigarette. No, no, no. We thought it was weed. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's right. why. It wasn't a decision. <laughs> because that, that is what I'm willing to smoke. But so, wait. Okay, we're in Jamaica. All right. It was Bob Marley's birthday. Okay. So, <laughs> which we did not plan. <laughs> which we didn't plan. So, we wake up and I'm like, oh, I really don't feel well. But I'm like, oh, I must just be hungover. I really rarely drink. But we had been drinking a lot. So I was like, oh, it must be that I'm hungover. I was like, let's go to the gym and the sauna and we're going to sweat this out. That's what we're going to do. We're in the gym. And I'm in my head. I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. You looked like you were going to die. I was not well. You were running. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. I am not confused about that decision. (laughs) I'm going like a two and I am like not doing well. So then I was like, let's just go lay by the pool. And as we're by the pool, I am like in my head, I'm like, I am very sick. But I also like didn't want to admit it to myself. Or because me. <laughs> or you. Because we're like on this trip and I'm so excited. And like, I don't know. I was just like, maybe it'll go away. Maybe it'll go away. And then probably we hit like two o'clock and I was like, I'm pretty at this point. What did I even say? I was just like, I'm sick, right? Like Well, also, I think you you were having trouble breathing through your nose and then you were having trouble <laughs> swallowing. Like it was getting bad. And that I was turned it, the swallowing. And at at one point I turned to M and I said, Are you being honest about how bad you feel? <laughs> and she was like, No, I'm not. <laughs> 
So we end up going to the nurse. They have a nurse at the resort. So like they had this nurse. I was like, will you come down to the nurse with me? So we go in. She seems pissed that we're there, but she ended up being lovely. But at first I was like, oh, fuck. So we go through everything. She looks at my throat, (laughs) but she's like, it's also like, right? Like, it's like, you know, like you're in a different country and it's just like a different cultural experience, right? So like she can't find um, the flashlight to look at my throat. She can't find the thermometer. She's looking through like the dirty pencil holder for the thermometer. And I'm like, oh my God, my fever was like 102.5. Wasn't great. (laughs) Wasn't great. She looks at my throat and she was like, oh yeah, you have laryngitis and an upper respiratory infection. And so they're like, they telehealth this doctor who's like clearly in a convertible up a hill. Nobody can understand each other. Everyone's on speakerphone. It is a shit show. And she's like, all right, we're going to give you an antibiotic, augmenting great. We know what that is. And then she says this other medicine. She's like, we're going to give this to you. It's like immediate pain relief. And both of us were like, what is it? So Jen's like, hey, what's that called? How do you spell that? So Jen's on her phone and I see Jen's facial expression sort of change. And I'm like, hmm, this is good. Wait, can I tell the other part, which is that we had taken edibles? Shit. <laughs> so we're like in this 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 perplexed situation, I'm going to call it. And so Jen's face sort of changes. And I'm like, I feel like there's something weird about this medicine. Right. So I walk over and I was like, hey, did you Google that? And she was like, it's banned everywhere. <laughs> it says banned U.S., U.K., Canada. Banned so many different places. So I'm like ferociously Googling because Emily looks like she's like ready to take this. <laughs> Okay, I, of course, start getting dizzy and feel like I'm going to pass out because this the weight of this decision is way too big for me to stay conscious for. (laughs) So I'm Googling. I'm like, listen, I got to go lay down. I lay down on a bench outside. I'm continuing to Google. Two minutes later, Emily comes out and she's like, yeah, I did it. (laughs) Took the shot. Like, okay. She, she's like, am I going to die? I said, but, probably wait, not. The best part is they're like, right. So they're like putting the shot in. She like pulls back this curtain of this like dirty kind of bed. And I was like, honestly, just shove it in my leg. It's fine. Um, <laughs> like, I'm like, just put it in my thigh. It's fine. As she's putting it in, she's like, man, I should have worn my glasses for this. And I, and I've had a point where I'm like, this is it for me. And I'm fine with that. Like, I'm like, this is how we go out. Tell my daughter I love her. It's fine. Um, Use it for content. I'm like, just please make something off of my I was literally, I was picturing, right, like if this led to your death, God forbid, that I would be holding this weight of like, I did not Google fast enough. I didn't make this, (laughs) you know, like it was like the weight of the world was on my shoulders. Well, and the best part, we both were like, wow, if Nikki was here or if my husband was here, they would for reek there's no effing way they would have let me do this no chance i was like get out the room i'm doing this but let me tell you something let me tell you something 15 minutes later how'd i look incredible (laughs) 15 minutes later new person i was like 50 percent better at least my throat totally goes down i can breathe again i mean i don't know how i wouldn't have been able to get on the flight in the condition i was in i was like a million bucks and then my theory is that the u.s has just banned anything helpful because right. this was so damn effective what is the name of this i don't know but i'm gonna start smuggling it in can there we smuggle this drug is and the woman was like i give this to my kid i was like okay <laughs> sounded good to me and like who cares that you grew a third arm I like I ended up dying with I showed Jen this message. I messaged my doctor on like the right, like the portal. And I'm like, here's what I took. Am I gonna grow another hand or something? And my doctor was like, probably not, but time will tell. Time will tell. But all is well. So now, 
But that was the story of Jamaica. So you listen, after 10 years, of course, I wanted to be the trip to be perfect. And instead, it was real, which I think speaks to our experience of running a business for 10 years. Oh, my God. What a beautiful wrap right. up. Like, that. I do think that that goes together. And it really goes into black and white thinking, dichotomous thinking, which we're going to talk about today, which it would have been really easy for me to walk away from that trip and say, that was horrible. I got so sick. But instead, I was like, you want to know what? I would have rather been sick in Jamaica without having to parent or work. Instead, I just hung out at a cabana with 102 fever. (laughs) And I read an amazing book. And so did you. We had a great time. We had such a good time. I'm so sorry you were sick, but but it, it's true. And it, it really is very reflective of our journey in this business is that and life I yeah, think, right? and life. Right. I think so often you think about something as, oh, this is this is going to be great. This is what this looks like. Um, this is my expectation of it. And you know, it, I don't think it necessarily matched what our expectation was, (laughs) but it was such an incredibly real trip. And it was so amazing. I couldn't have asked for anything better, you know, minus you being sick. I think here's the other thing, right? So like at one point, one of the reasons why I wasn't telling you the truth, because, because like I was experiencing grief, right? Like I was like, we have waited so long for this trip and I am sick. And one, I had this guilt about you because the one night I was like, I have to go to bed. Like the before the night before I ended up going to the nurse, I was like, I have to go to bed. And you are like walking around the resort yourself eating cookies. Jen fell in love with these cookies. <laughs> How many cookies? Could, you I couldn't get you enough. Eat? I don't know. I just could not get enough. I mean, listen, all inclusive, everything I ate, I was like, it's free. It's free. I kept being like, it's not free. We've paid for all this. Jen ate like 50,000 cookies or she fell in love with this very specific cookie they had there. I woke up at one point every like hour I would sort of wake up and be like, where is she? So I was having one this massive amount of guilt. And I was sort of like, right. Like, so there's part of me, we talk about this idea of black and white thinking. There was a part of me that was like, oh, I'm ruining this trip for Jen. Mm. I'm ruining this trip. And Little Jen's did you know, I'm shovel, shoveling cookies in my mouth. <laughs> and then it turns out she's vibing, sitting on our balcony, eating cookies, listening to music. I'm an independent lady. She's okay. an independent lady. But I think that that when you have these high expectations, it's very hard to not get into the difficulty of language. We use words like always, never, should, shouldn't. Right. So if I had said to myself, I always get sick. I never am able to hang out the way Jen does. I shouldn't have, right? Um, I have a, If you have a hard time seeing positives in a situation, you often look at the downsides, even with potential opportunities. You won't try something unless you're confident you can do it perfectly. Um, you have a hard time receiving feedback, positive or constructive. And stuff like small mistakes can make you feel like a total failure. Like these are all examples of signs of black and white thinking. And I think, when you are, we've talked a lot about, uh, we, a few weeks ago, we had the episode on um, imposter syndrome. This is a very similar thing. If you have unbelievably high standards for yourself, you, or for others, um, you may find that you really are involved in this black and white thinking. And then we can't forget um, social media and political stances and how divided our country has been. And much of that is um, from difficulty having nuanced thinking. Yeah.
We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it, seeing what was inside, and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, health healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. It takes us right into our first question. Where does black and white thinking come from? Someone said, where's black and white thinking come from? Childhood, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) We're therapists, so we do believe that. (laughs) But black and white thinking shows up in a bunch of different places. And you might, you may experience black and white thinking um, at certain times and not at other times. For example, it's common when you're feeling anxious or depressed. So when you have anxiety and depression, um, it's common for people to think in absolutes. So uh, more extreme emotions can cause black or white thinking to become worse. So if you're someone who experiences anxiety, experiences depression, um, it might be the case that your black and white thinking is heightened during those times. Other common places is if you're you have a personality disorder, narcissism and borderline personality disorder, it shows up. Mm -hmm. Um, 
also it's common with someone who experiences uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. So oh, is it? And, and ADHD. ADHD is a big ADHD, one too. Yeah, yes. ne- sometimes neurodivergent. Yep. It was, you know, it was making me think, Emma, are there times where you like, are there specific, specific places where you experience black or white thinking? Yeah. Because when I when I was listening, when I was looking at this, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess when I am feeling anxious or depressed, my black or white thinking is heightened. I think anytime you're working on our website, your black and white thinking. is Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just in maybe like a flow state. <laughs> we're working on, on business parts. You're like, this is perfect or not perfect. Um, I would do. I think that probably um, with my history of having eating disorder, body image, yeah. it's hard for me to not like something I can get like really overly invested in that I have to really check myself is like letting shit go and not falling yeah. into this trap. So with body image is a really big one. But I think for me also motherhood, mm. sometimes I feel like a good mom or a bad mom. One category or another what, category. Which is bullshit, right? Of which, course. But, like, don't you think part of that is, like, our patriarchal society that tells women they're, like, you're a mom or a whore, but Donna are the whore complex, right? Like, yeah. Like, you're, yes. right? Like, you're, like, you're a good girl or you're a bad girl. Like, what the yes. fuck? Am I a dog? And then sometimes my dog. <laughs> well, <laughs> also, I think that as human beings, we put ourselves into categories or categories are helpful for us in order to, like, place people and place ourselves. Um, and so I think sometimes that's the the way that we make meaning of the world and the way that we make meaning of other people in order to say, okay, do I connect with this? Do I not connect with this? And so I think our brain naturally puts people and things into categories in order to understand them better, but which I think in in certain ways, it can help us understand people. But in other ways, I think it, it hurts us because, you know, for example, let's say you, um, I don't know, meet, meet a new person on a, and they're having a really terrible day. And because they're having a terrible day, um, they're dismissive towards you or they're not warm. And so you see them and you're like, I don't like that person. Like they were, they're not a nice person, right? They immediately go into this category for you as opposed to thinking about, well, what are the nuances around that? Mm-hmm. Maybe that person had a bad day. Maybe they're struggling with something. I like to do this when I'm driving, I was actually driving, I probably said this before, but I was driving Nikki home from the Westchester office once and someone cut us off. And I think like immediate, our immediate reaction just as human beings is like, oh, that person's such an asshole. Right. And so my, my response to that, which is something I've really had to work on over the years, um, is they have their own demons. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let's say it this way. So we had, we did a speaking event on uh, Thursday, awesome women super super involved it was really great and it was our first in-person speaking event since covid we realized yeah so much shit's been virtual so like that was sort of funny so we both were pretty anxious beforehand also when you speak to a group of people you never really know how it's gonna go yeah like it could be awesome or it could be like it hits with some people or other people would be like oh i hate them especially when you're talking about stuff as like sensitive as the subjects that we talk about yeah. In terms of relationships, like you really know, never know how it's going to hit. And so the funny part is, I think afterwards we were on a little bit of a high because it ended up being really successful and people were really into it and, you know, coming up the end, talking to us, whatever. So afterwards, we're like, oh, we did so good. But like if we hadn't done that, yeah, uh, we hadn't gotten that feedback, we would have left being like, oh, we failed that. Yeah. 
And so there is this thing of like, sometimes it feels like other people are um, the way we track it. Yeah. Other people's like reactions yes, to us. Yes. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that it dictates where we place ourselves in our mm-hmm. own mind. Well, and it's funny because these two women came up at the end and they're like, oh my gosh, like we we aren't like really, because some people were talking a lot and some people aren't. You never know how, you always know how it goes. Um, and these women came up at the end and was like, oh, like that was really amazing. We're not big sharers, um, but like we were both having huge light bulb moments. And I had watched these two women while we were speaking and thought like, oh, they hate this. Oh. See, I I saw those people and I was like, oh, that's me. That you, you were know, like, like, that's the for Because I'm the girl that's like, doo, 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 doo. yeah, not yet. And so, you know, I was thinking back to, you know, I experienced, I had Jules, who we had on the podcast. Um, when I went to her talk at the Psychotherapy Networker, I was having this like mind blowing experience. Mm-hmm. Everything that she was saying was hitting. I didn't speak one time. You know, all I yeah. was doing was like texting you and saying how amazing it was. Okay, but how many people were in that room? <laughs> yeah, uh, pro- definitely more. But it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't an absurd amount more. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't I wasn't like a hundred people. No, and I oh. was kind of. I was kind of in the front too. But it's. It's. I think you know from your perspective, someone who's extroverted, someone who would speak up. If you're saying someone who wouldn't speak up, maybe the thought is, oh, well, because they're not speaking up, that means it's not hitting for them. I would say I haven't spoken at, at uh, the Psychotherapy Networker since Esther Perel yelled at yes. me. So <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. But let me say something. What bravery <laughs> a girl has to s- raise their hand at Esther Perel. So I don't care. But she also she took what you said out of context. She she got say. she she wasn't looking at me. She missed my air quotes. I know. So you did air quotes. It was a whole thing. She, never, she didn't see that it. That should not deter me. you from speaking up again. I'm just I have not say spoken up since. I'm like, Mm-mm, I learned my because, lesson. <laughs> because. But, okay, you know, like it's. It is so nuanced because if you're someone who speaks up, who ra- typically raises their hand before Esther Perel wounded you. OK. <laughs> Then you might look at someone who's not raising their hand saying, oh, this must not be hitting for them because I only raise my hand when it's hitting for me. Yes. When I look at people who aren't raising their hand, I'm like, oh, they're introverted. So the whole time we were doing that talk on Thursday, did you feel great about it? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. I, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't, it didn't, people not speaking up didn't make me feel like it wasn't hitting for them because I understand what it's like to be affected by something and not speak up about it. So did did I think it was great? Um, I don't know, but I knew that it was hitting for at least some people, which made me assume that it was hitting for the people who weren't speaking up. So that's hard for me because I went to a place of like in my head, right? Talking about all or nothing thinking. I was like, if it's not hitting for everyone, we failed tonight. Oh, that's fucked. Right. I was like, oh, it's hitting for a few people. We crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but but you have admittedly have much lower expectations than I do. A hundred percent. I love you, to set yes. my expectations low. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so right. So once again, so why is it so easy to fall into this pattern? It it helps us like figure some shit out, right? Like if I if I win, I'm good. If I lose, I'm bad. Like we're trying to figure out who we are in this world. Someone said, and and this connects to what we're talking about, how to get over black and white thinking. It can feel safe because there's a certain correct answer. And I think that that's 
very poignant to say that, that it is, there's a safety factor in it, right? If, if I can say, oh, I'm a complete failure in this, right? Then I get to decide what I do with that, right? It's easy for me to say, oh, this is the answer. And so I can make a decision based off that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to if I'm like, oh, this hit for some people didn't hit for other people. What the hell am I supposed to do with that? Right. Um, you know, how do I navigate that? What does that look like? There's so many nuances to that and it makes it more complicated. So I think once again, the reason why we place people in categories is so that we there is a safety and there is an answer and there is some sort of control that we can have. But it creates a level of rigidity in our minds. Mm. Right. There's no flexibility there. And I think it leads us to self-blame criticism um and and that's where it ends up being complicated and difficult is mm-hmm. falling into that black or white thinking even though it might feel safe there's a rigidity about it that might keep us stuck and keep us being hard on ourselves you want to talk about social media for a second sure this is huge on social media yeah it's one of the biggest issues there is and okay, I have a theory about why it's so big on social media, right? That like people want, they want an answer. Yeah, of course. They want a quick answer. Oh. And you're not going to get any <laughs> likes, followers from saying, well, this happens sometimes and doesn't happen <laughs> other times. This is why we can't actually get that big on Instagram. <laughs> Because if people ask us, but we can't make definitive answers because everyone is different. Every yeah. situation is different. There's so much context that social media doesn't highlight. But the things that get the most uh, following, the most likes, the most shares are the things that say very definitive statements mm-hmm. about the world, mm-hmm. very polarized statements about the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we refuse to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we do a podcast and don't do social media, right? Like, I mean, like, yeah. the big, one of the big reasons we decided to do a podcast was long-form content. Yeah. Which social media isn't. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair. But when Pro says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical clinical controlled study 
aka the gold standard in research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks say goodbye to the cheap razor era my friends it's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with Athena club em and i just got back from an amazing trip to the caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice the therapy group and in haste of packing because yours truly is a packing procrastinator i forgot my Athena club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth a mistake i will never make again the Athena club hype is real the shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze no more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises and the quality of the shave is top notch those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly leaving you a silky smooth skin every time plus the water activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable irritation free shave are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with athena club head over to athenaclub.com to try their award award-winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code shrinkchicks at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. But let's talk about this, right? So like how to get over black and white thinking, because that's what everyone actually wants to know. Yeah. So first of all, you have to identify it. So once again, the skill is words like always, never, should, shouldn't, bad, good, healthy, unhealthy, right? Like any of these things, like that's going to be very dichotomous thinking. And at first, you're going to have to identify it. And then you're going to have to try to get some perspective. What are the chances that I am a, the worst mom in the world? <laughs> right? This happened. Um, oh, I think I, ta- I talked about, I, oh, maybe I talked this on someone else's podcast. Maybe it's not ours. At the beginning of the year, we had to send in a family picture, right? Was this on our podcast or someone else's? I have I no know. idea. You're so asking this, the wrong person. We're asking the wrong sister. <laughs> um, so we had to send in a photo for a family photo, and they were supposed to like present it to their class during circle time or something. I put this photo in a pocket in Millie's backpack. And for whatever reason, she couldn't find it before this. So she comes home and she said, you forgot to send my photo. Didn't send my family picture. I was the only one who didn't have the other picture. I'm crying. 
Like I am like, oh my God. I and but then I'm like, wait a second. I put it in the damn thing. Nobody find it, but I felt like, oh man, I like embarrassed my daughter and she was at class alone and feeling upset. And I like totally have this thing of like, oh, I'm so I should have put it in a better spot. I should have told her where I was putting it. I should have like, you know, attached it to a fucking balloon and flew it out of her bag. Right. I should I should have paid for a carrier pigeon to deliver it. And it was so hard in that moment to not think like, oh, I am a guard. Like all these other moms in this class are so much better than me. Now, if you're to say this idea of get some perspective, just statistically, just like out of the billions of people in the world, <laughs> seems highly unlikely that I am the world's worst. Yes. <laughs> just num- just a numbers game, right? Absolutely. And so when we talk about like get some perspective, like zoom out. Yeah. Yeah. And think about the sentence and the thoughts that you're actually saying. How true could they feel? I know they feel feel they feel true. And this is when we get to the moment of feelings are not facts. Feelings are not facts, even if they feel very real. And then once you get that perspective, I want you to think about trying to reframe your unhelpful thoughts. Mm. Well, I might. I don't think I'm the world's worst mom, but I guess Millie was bummed. And in the future, I will make sure that I'm saying something important. I'm going to tell her where it is in her backpack. You know, I as you were talking, I was also thinking about the ways that this plays out in our relationships. Right. If our partner's doing something that, you know, bothers us or is an issue for us, how we might say you never come home on time. You always say this or do this when and and listen, admittedly, I hear these words come out of my mouth. And when I am doing it, I will think to myself, oh, no, <laughs> this is black or white thinking like yeah. I, I can hear it coming out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, honestly, I think to myself, is that true? Is it always happening? Because the emotion that attaches to something that bothers us or irritates us or upsets us or hurts us in our relationship is so strong. And our minds hold onto that emotion so tightly that that every time it happens, every time it gets activated, it feels as if it's always happening. Mm-hmm. And we have this level of confirmation bias as every time that it happens, our mind sees it and says, oh, this is always happening. Uh, You know, it's happened again. But the thing that our minds are not clocking are the times in which it's not happening because it's not holding the same weight of emotion as the times in which it is happening. And so if you recognize that this is happening with yourself or this is happening in your relationship, Just as the perspective is important to also recognize, well, what are the times in which it's not happening? What are the times in which it proves this to not be true? Because it's going to be really important for you to clock those times too. Once again, if your partner never comes home at the same time that you want them to come home or they they say they're going to come home and you're saying, oh, well, you always say, you always say you're going to be home at this time and you're always late. The weight of them being late is going to hold so much more emotion. So anytime that they're on time, 
you're going to have to hold on to that and you're going to say, wait, they were on time this time and mm-hmm. they were on time this time. And here was another time that they were on time. And I'm going to hold on to that so that I can battle my dichotomous thinking, my black mm-hmm. and white thinking when that comes up. Um, my couples therapist will always say, where's the evidence? Oof. Where's the evidence? You're going to make that statement. You better have a lot of data to back it up. And I never do. So when I'm like, Aaron is always late to pick up. She's like, (laughs) (laughs) he was late three times and you have a complex about it because your mom was late, right? You know what I mean? Like some like obscene thing. I'm like, okay, you're probably right, right? So (laughs) perspective. Yes. And the other thing I think you should say is, so if you're doing this in your relationships, why? Mm. How self-protective is that? If I tell myself that Aaron is always late, then inevitably, if he is late, then I get to blame it on him. And and blame is actually something we love as people. Because if I can blame something, it means there's fault. And if there's fault, it means that the world's not this big, scary place where shit happens all the time. I would much rather it be someone's fault than just the world is tough and shit got crazy today. Mm. But also because I hold myself to a completely unrealistic standard that God forbid I was ever fucking late. Mm. As you know, that I showed up 30 minutes earlier than I said I was going to when we left for the airport. Right. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was also both of us. We're so every time. So Emily and I are both married to people who are not early to the airport. (laughs) for the most part. I'm sure sometimes they are. Once again, we're talking about black and white thinking. And so I'm sure sometimes they are early. Emily and I are both very early to the airport. Every time I want to go early, my husband will say to me, what are you going to help them clean the plane before everyone gets on? I don't understand. Why do you want to get there so early? But, you know, as we are, Emily and I are on the same page and it eases our anxiety to be early. And so Emily and I met to go to the airport like three and a half hours early. It was insane. And we got through security in about 35 seconds. Jen was like, it's going to be so hard to park. She thought we were taking a shuttle. We literally parked like next to the elevator, walked into the airport. It was and we're so like easy. at our gate 15 minutes later. We're like, ooh. Maybe came, maybe took that a little too far. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about this one. How to handle repeated and consistent all in our thinking in other ways or my partner. So what if my partner does this? Hmm. I I think saying to them, is that true? Mm-hmm. Is it, am I, am I always late? Like, truly, can we talk about that? Mm-hmm. I know I keep using, like, lateness for some it's reason. the example we're using. I like it. Feels right. But, and I think it's hard because when somebody is activated, right, when your nervous system is activated, you probably can't make rational thoughts, right? So if my husband said that to me, is that true? I'm always late. I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Because in my activation, I actually cannot make um, like a really intentional, conscious thought. Yes. I'm just activated. So everything I'm feeling is feeling like a fact. So what you might have to say is, I can see you're really activated. Let's talk about this later. And then is the conversation. Hey, you do this. Here are some ways I do it, right? What we want to do is we want to find a little truth in anything they're saying. You're right. I historically have not always been on time. I don't think I'm always late, but I do know historically I've been late sometimes. So what can we do here? Mm. Beautiful. 
But I think that that goes to when somebody is activated. I know we talk about this all the time. Most good things aren't going to come. One of the things my couples therapist says, we should give her some big shout outs today, is uh, connected couples lead to creative solutions. Mm. When you're not connected, it is much harder to have more creative solutions. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. a, a few people asked this, asked, when is black and white thinking okay? Uh, number one, I'm going to say it's natural. That's my first thought is, is it happens, you know, like it's similar to how we say difficult emotions are going to happen to like expect it to not happen is I think expecting yourself to be robotic in certain ways. But do I think it's ever helpful? I'm going to say no. Okay. You're going to give me an example where it is helpful. <laughs> Tell me. Please okay. tell me. So in theory, killing's never okay. <laughs> Correct. Right. Okay. <laughs> Any sort of abuse. Never. But I don't know, man, if someone's about to kill my kid and I kill them first, <laughs> or I punch a Nazi, I don't know. <laughs> is that, yeah, I mean, I guess it. it's, right. Is it always okay? So the question <laughs> is, like, is it always okay to punch a Nazi? Yes. Right. I hear what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. I'm so like, I don't know. So I, I uh, guess, are we talking about extreme? Maybe when we talk about extreme experiences. Ex yes. Extreme things. Right. So like, when is black white thinking? Okay. I, I guess you're gonna have to define. Okay. I guess if you have a morality part of you that has some belief, but like, I don't know, even this is the nuance to think about. Even when people talk about like being something like pro-life, I don't know how there can't be exceptions to that. Yeah. We're unbelievably pro-choice. But I mean, for even for that, like that's you mean like the fact matters like shit happens in this life. If a woman's going to yeah. die from a pregnancy. Wouldn't you think there's an exception to that? Right. Um, but I'm very anti-gun. I grew up Quaker, super nonviolent. But then I say to myself, OK, but like if someone is being attacked, you know what I mean? Like repeatedly abused by some. I don't know. Like, I just feel like there's so much shit that happens. Yeah. And I think we can like say with our morality. But I also think. It's a really great way to not see other people. Yeah. If I participate in black and white thinking, even for people I strongly disagree with, it's like, it's almost like I like the idea that I'm right and they're wrong. Yeah. Well, also, like, we are incredibly pro-choice. And I, I understand why people think you know what I mean? From like a religious, like a very, if they're like very religious, I'm not saying I agree with it, but. I understand why people might believe that from yeah. their own perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you don't watch me, I'm like, eh. But yes, no, no, no. I think especially like if you, if you grew up, right? Or you have had, you know what I mean? Like I, I think about this. A lot of people, I've gotten a lot of questions before, like because of your infertility. Yeah. Doesn't that make you less pro-choice? I'm like, no, it actually makes me more pro-choice. Yeah. But I could understand how somebody could not have that reaction to it, right? right? Right. And so I think it is such, but here's the thing. Because of our job, we get to meet so many different people. And some of those people yeah. believe in different things that we do. And we can still love and appreciate those people. And that's where this is really, really complex and very nuanced. And I think for so many people over, you know, let's say since 2016, when the world's really been on fire, we've seen so many families cut each other off. Yeah. And so many things. And, and, and I, I get it. 
right? Like I've had people in my life that I'm like, wow, we really don't see eye to eye on certain things. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we're in a situation, especially when the, when we can't talk about it, right? Like there's certain people that you just like simply can't have a, a constructive conversation with. It's hard to, it, it changes how you feel about people. Oh, yeah. they must be bad. They must be like a bad person, right? Because they have these beliefs. And that's where it's confusing. Uh, Nedra Twab has this, uh, when we went and saw her at the networker, she had the funniest thing where she was like, listen, everyone's been good to someone. So she was like, she's like, you know, like you'll see an interview with somebody that was like hiding four hostages in their basement and their next door neighbor was like, I don't know. They seem great. They overshoveled my sidewalk. So like, (laughs) I guess he wasn't bad to that person. And so I think that's the thing. Yeah. You know what? And you, you did bring up a good point. I think as therapists, we have the privilege of seeing like the inner workings of people's minds. And it really helps with understanding the nuances of situations to be able to get that perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, it helps me to see once again, if someone's having a hard day or if someone's active for to really think about, well, what's going on inside of them that might be affecting what's going on, right? Like, or how they're acting. Um, But I do think part of that might be because we have the privilege of being therapists and hearing people's stories and understanding how their stories have led them to where they are today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not everyone gets that privilege in their job or. And so I think for us, it, it almost feels it feels easier in a way to be like, oh, wait. You know, like there is so much backstory here. Everyone else is struggling with something, something that we know nothing about because we are hearing people's, the inner workings of people's stories and how they got to where they are over and over and over again. And so for those of you who aren't therapists who are listening to this, to hold that in your mind in every interaction that you have, I think is really important to be able to say, oh, maybe that person wasn't friendly today because they had a hard day or they're going mm-hmm. through something. You know, when people, you know, if I talk to my husband, he's like, oh, like this person, blah, blah, blah. Like it's so quick that I'm able to say, well, like you don't know what that person was going through. But I don't think it comes as naturally when you're in different professions or and maybe I'm wrong, but it just I think that we are always listening to other people and other people's stories, even if we maybe don't have the same experiences or we might think about things in a different way. Like it's when we're listening to other people and how it's led them to where they are, it it helps kind of gain this understanding of who they are and develop this level of empathy for where they are and what's going on for them and how it's affecting every part of their world. It creates so much nuance and and an understanding of that nuance. So that's what I would say is like being really being able to hold on to that piece is that everyone comes from somewhere and they're dealing with something that you might not know anything about. Mm-hmm. Dear Emma and Jen, let's do it. Dear Em and Jen, my husband is very much a black and white thinker. If something goes wrong with our house in particular, something breaks, things cost more money than expected, etc., he thinks our house is the worst and he hates it here and wants to move. I don't share this perspective, but his influence at times causes me to sway in this direction. Then we are both negative. How do I help my partner overcome this and try to be as positive as possible when something goes wrong in our home? Was this written by my husband? Mine too. 
Did my husband also write this? Did they get together this and is write shit this I together? Do. I'll be like, this house is a shithole. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, this is what my husband does. You guys are oh, the same. I'm uh, married to the same person. Yes, you are. It's because Bill yeah. is me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. Well, then tell me what to do. Tell him. Tell, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what to do. Um, I think that sometimes, and you can tell me if this doesn't feel right for you because you experience this. Sometimes the black and white thinking when you go into like, this is the worst, I hate this. It's almost the top layer of a deeper emotion of something Mm -hmm. else that's going on. So it's possible that your husband might have a harder time expressing maybe something more vulnerable that they're experiencing. And because of that, it is playing out in his interactions with the house and his environment because the environment is something that it feels like, oh, I have control over this. And if I don't have control over this, it's going to open up space for me to be vulnerable to everything else that I'm experiencing right now. Is that hitting for you at all? Yeah. I think I, when it, it brings me back to this idea of also like distress tolerance skills. Like if I'm yeah. in a place of highly distressed Uh, situation, it is really easy for me to go into this. So the other question I would have is, how is this person's distress tolerance skills? Is that something for them to be working on? And how easily activated? And then how do they deactivate themselves, right? Yeah. And then for you to also say, my partner's going through something right now. Yeah. I know this is overwhelming. I'm going to walk away and have to decide for myself how I feel. Yes. So how, so I was going to ask you, Em, like when you're going through that, what would, what's helpful for you? Like what helps you I have to walk away. So yeah. for me, okay, so I can get really overwhelmed if our house is really messy and we have a child and the two huge fucking dogs, it happens. So for me, I am very, very fortunate that I'm able to have a place in my home that I keep very clean and organized. Not everyone has that situation. But for me, it's I have to walk away, go for a walk, calm myself down. I cannot leave it for him to calm me down because yeah. then I end up resenting and angry at him and it causes a fight. Um, but I have to essentially put myself in timeout until I come down and then I can think it through. Okay, my house is not a complete shithole, but it feels messy and overwhelming. Do we need a different system for the house? Mm-hmm. So essentially what you're saying is it isn't this person's responsibility to take care of your partner's emotions in those in that moment. Yes. And it is it is your responsibility to make sure that you create a level of kind of emotional boundaries so that you don't get sucked into it. Yeah. So that you can take care of yourself while your partner is going through that. For you to be able to separate yourself, take care of you, because what your partner is going through is something that they're going to have to navigate. And I think something you could say is like, hey, I, I hear you. I hear you're having a tough time. Right. How can I support you? Is there any way I can support you in this? Mm-hmm. And they might have an answer. They might not. And it might be important to have this conversation, too, when they're not activated. Hey, mm-hmm. I recognize that you're. You know, sometimes when you've had our day, like, you know, the house is it's really hard for you to be in the house if it's messy. Blah, blah. Is there anything like we can do together during that time that will be helpful for you? Or can we talk about like what this looks like, you know, when you're going through it? Is there a way we can tackle this as a team? If not, you know, like, is there a way that you can take care of yourself? Like what's going to find some sort of, as M said earlier, creative solution, connected couples. What is it? Is it Connected couples um, can have uh, figure out credit solutions or something. 
Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Shrink Chicks. We'll see you back here next Monday for another session. In the meantime, if you want a question answered or a topic discussed, follow us on Instagram at ShrinkChicks. And if you're looking to get connected with a therapist like us to start or continue your therapeutic journey, visit thetherapygroup.com. Just fill out a contact form on our website and we will personally match you with one of our amazing therapists. Also, if you'd be so kind, we'd love a rating review and for you to share with a friend or an enemy or a mother-in-law, honestly, whoever needs it so that we can keep reaching more people on our mission to bring mental health topics to your ears every week. Thanks for being here with us. And don't forget to grow yourself. You got to know yourself.